Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition here of Sports Extra. I'm Lance Fieser alongside Kyler Murata and Alec Osmus. He's way over there. Way far away. Way far <laughs> away. Probably for the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are going to talk about what happened last night in San Francisco, but first I wanted to catch everyone up on the news of the day. According to multiple reports, Chris Barnes, a linebacker for the Green Bay Packers, has tested positive. He did play in that game last night. He was injured, left early, and then after the fact, they find out that he had indeed tested positive. Again, those are early reports out of Green Bay at this point. At last check, they have not yet placed him on the reserve COVID list. They did place three different players on the COVID list this week. A.J. Dillon reportedly testing positive early in the week. Jamal Williams and another linebacker, Kamal Martin, were deemed close contacts, which means they had to go on the list, and it's kind of wait-and-see mode until they test negative a certain amount of times before they can come back. The good news for the Packers right now is they have roughly 10 days between games. They don't play until a week from Sunday because of that Thursday night mm -hmm. showdown with San Francisco. So we'll talk about depth a little bit as this show goes along, but that is the latest out of Green Bay. Now let's talk about what we saw last night, shall we everyone? Sure. All right, so we watched the Green Bay Packers take on a JV team and <laughs> they dismantled them, which yep. I mean, it's good that they get the win. Mm -hmm. Obviously not quite the level of competition that they were expecting when this was scheduled here a couple months ago. But Carly, as you were looking at this game, kind of yeah. what stood out to you? Yeah, the Packers defense. I mean, we just I was at that game covering Packers Vikings and they gave up 160 yards and three touchdowns to Delvin Cook. So they needed to respond even against a 49ers team that was missing plenty of offensive starters. They needed to step up this game. So when looking at last night, the rushing defense gave up 55 yards on the ground and 16 carries a 3.2 average per carry, which was really good. The Packers forced two turnovers. It's been a while since we've seen a turnover. Actually, they haven't had an interception since against Detroit earlier in the year and um, like I said the just going up against a 49ers team missing a lot of offensive weapons but they have Kyle Shanahan who virtually can do essentially can do anything with anyone on the on the field just like Matt LaFleur so when looking at the quarterback Nick Mullins he just looked like a deer in headlights a lot of the time he was just getting pressured all over the place by Zadaria Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, which we've been wanting to see all year, especially from the Smiths, seeing that pressure. So uh, one of the big plays was Preston Smith getting pressure on Mullins and then Raven Green with that interception. And Zadaria said after the game that that was the game changer, just finally getting that turnover for the defense. It's just that motivation, the energy that they needed. And I think without fans, we've talked about this all year, how the Packers defense has looked a lot different without fans. So getting the turnovers, the sacks, Zadarius had that sack fumble recovery um, in the third quarter too. So I think even though this game was against a JV team, like Lance said. It was good motivation for the Packers moving forward. What do you guys think? Is the def what can you take away from this defense, even though it was against a 49ers team that wasn't the 49ers we're used to? Well, it, it definitely helps move on from that Minnesota loss. I mean, I'm not, I don't really buy into it. It gives the team a bunch of confidence. I mean, this is the NFL. They'll take a win when they can get one. And a team like the 49ers, this could actually help out later in the season as far as seeding goes in the NFC. But last night's game, Thursday night's game, is 49ers. Didn't re I didn't really learn much. I mean, we saw Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams pick apart uh, a pretty bad secondary, a pretty bad defense. We've seen them do that a ton over the last few years. A good win definitely would have been a bad loss. Instead, it's a good win and could turn out uh, to be some help out with the seeding uh, in the NFC down the road. My big thing for a takeaway for the defense is we essentially saw what we've been seeing all season, which is this. If the Packers get out to a lead, 
Other teams don't try to run, and then suddenly you don't expose the big weakness on the Green Bay Packers team. Their, their weakness is obviously they cannot stop the run. They've mm -hmm. proven that time and time again, not just this season, but again, I just go back to the NFC Championship game. The last time they played the 49ers, Raheem Mostert running all over the field. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen because the Packers scored kind of at will early in that first half of that game. All of a sudden, other teams are playing catch-up, and that's when the Packers' defense looks pretty good. You have the Smiths bringing some pressure. That's how you get turnovers is because of that pressure. So it's really kind of a snowball building block effect for the Packers and for their defense to succeed. Unfortunately, it means the offense has to score on the first couple drives of the game to get the other teams into a position where they are not going to run the football a bunch, which I don't know if the 49ers would have been able to run anyway because they had no Raheem Mostert, no Tevin Coleman. They were down to Jarek McKinnon, Michael Hasty. I mean, you know, they had so many injuries. I don't know that they would have been able to gash the Packers had the game script been more favorable to that. But that's what I've noticed is that the Packers defense looks good when they have the lead. So. And one more note on that, they were missing Jair Alexander and then Chris Barnes who did leave. So even though the 49ers were missing those weapons on offense, the Packers defense also had some guys step up and, and play a key role last night. All right, now Alec, I know you wanted to get some stuff looking ahead. Before we do that, I wanted to talk about something else. So on the Packers offensive side, we talked about how obviously Aaron Rodgers did torch another bad secondary. and. It's who he was throwing to that's really become mean a bit of the storyline right now. Devontae Adams is a freak. In fact, I think he has laid claim to at least being in the conversation right now as the single best wide receiver in the NFL. Let's look at some of the stats that he and the other wide receivers put up here uh, just yesterday. Uh, you look at Devontae Adams, 10 receptions for 173 yards and a touchdown. It is amazing that he is able to put up these numbers because of who they're lining up alongside of him. I mean, these opposing defenses have no one to worry about except Devontae Adams in the secondary, and they still can't stop him. Marquez Valdez-Scanlon is the one I kind of wanted to talk about, though, mm -hmm. because he you look at the stat line, two touchdowns look great, two catches, 53 yards, that's okay. But if you watch the game, he had yet another drop. And it is every game. If you target him more than, say, three, four times, he's going to drop one of them. It seems like every single game. They don't have a better option, so he is out there and getting targets. And I know Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers keep talking about it. he shows great resiliency, bouncing back after a drop. That's all well and good, but in the NFL, I don't care if you're fast. You have to catch them, and you have to catch all of them that are catchable, and he does not even come close to that. He has one of the worst drop percentages in the NFL. The reason he's out there is because Alan Lazard is hurt, and that's what I wanted to talk about. That's the lone bright spot is Alan Lazard is inching closer. He did travel with the team, wasn't active in this one. I think he could be back perhaps as early as their next game. He's getting close to a return. That's going to help. My question to you, Carly and Alec, mm -hmm. How big of a detriment is it going to be come playoff time that they didn't get that deal done? Reportedly, they had something in the works for Will Fuller and they couldn't agree on compensation. How bad is it going to be for them in the playoffs if they only have Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard to throw to? Well, Alan Lazard would make a obviously makes a huge difference. I mean, look at last night having Aaron Jones back in the offense. That helped kind of spread the ball around a little bit too. But yeah, that not move, make, not making a move for Will Fuller, as you just said. What could that do for them in the postseason? Well, I guess time will tell. Uh, I don't know, Alan Lazard. I I know he's he started strong this season, but he is the number two kind of by default. And I think that dropped pass that MVS had Thursday night. 
in my eyes, that almost overshadows the two touchdown catches. Because that one, mm -hmm. if he would have dropped that wide open one, the deep ball, if he would have dropped that, I mean, did that cost him the game for him? Would he be on the bench the rest of the game? I don't know. Well, I think it's all about making 12 happy. And that drop pass, when MVS dropped that pass, Aaron Rodgers looked so frustrated. Like, why did we not pick up another wide receiver at the trade deadline? So um, I think it will hurt them in the end when they're playing these really good teams in the playoffs. I get why they didn't make the move with uh, some other of these guys who are available at the trade deadline because they have salary cap issues mm -hmm. moving forward. I'm just saying that I know as a Packers fan, a lot of you out there are saying, let's go for it now. Aaron Rodgers is playing well. This team is in a good position. Go for it this year. And you didn't see that either in the draft. They didn't go for a wide receiver, somebody that could help them immediately, and they're not getting much out of this rookie class. And then two, you didn't see in a free agency in the offseason. Devin Funches was the only receiver they added, and he sat out because of COVID concerns. And then third opportunity to kind of make up for the other two that you didn't take advantage of was the trade deadline. Nothing happens. So here we are. They're going to have to live with Alan Lazard, MVS, as the secondary options mm -hmm. here for the rest of the season. All right, Alec, I know you were looking ahead here. You put out a poll question. What are you looking at here for the rest of the season for the Green Bay Packers? Well, uh, so they played the Vikings Sunday. Then it was a quick turnaround uh, Thursday night, 49ers. Now they have 10 days off. Here's They're halfway through the season. They're 6-2. and two. Here's a look at the second half of the year. Ten days from now, they will host Jacksonville. So let's finish up November here. They host Jacksonville at Indianapolis, host the Bears. So the Bears in Indianapolis, 5-3, five 5-2 and three, five and two respectively. But after that, you have uh, in December, you have home with Philly. They're 3-4-1 and one right now. At Detroit, they're 3-4. and four. Come back and host Carolina. They're 3-5 and five on December 20th. And you wrap up December hosting the Titans. And then the first and only game in January there in the end of the regular season is at Chicago, who's 5-3. and three. So you have five home games, three road games. Three of these teams have an above 500 record. Now I'm counting the Bears as one team. They have to play the Bears twice, who right now have a winning record. So it's a relatively easy schedule moving forward. Uh, Indianapolis, they're 5-2. and two. That's two weeks away. That could be interesting. December 6th, home with Philadelphia. They're 3-4-1. The NFC East is pretty bad. But Philly's defense at times can play pretty physical. And as we've seen, the Packers sometimes don't respond well to a physical defense. And then uh, week 16, December 27th, home with Tennessee. Tennessee's lost two in a row, but they did start 5-0. They do look like they could be a for real team. Could be a pretty big game there in week 16. So my question back to you guys, what do you think moving forward? The Packers right now 6-2, eight games to go this whole second half of the season. What do you think moving forward? Another six and two, perhaps? Maybe finishing 12 and four? What do you guys think? Carly, <laughs> go for it. Um, you know, looking at that, that schedule, you're almost like they could win out, but I know we've seen this year how they. It's just that Vikings game that is replaying in my head. Like, they, I know the Buccaneers game, that's going to happen. That's a really, really good team that they played, but that Vikings game, it's just like they could lose to anyone. Um, I think they'll lose one game. I think that Colts game is the one that stands out. I think that'll be their toughest test. I think they'll beat the Bears twice. Um, but I think, I think they'll lose one game. But they do have an opportunity to do something special and win out with that schedule. I see really four tough games uh, moving forward. You know, the Colts game could be a challenge. For me, the scariest game actually is Tennessee. I know they've lost two in a row, but who does Tennessee have? Derrick Henry. And what <laughs> yep. can't the Packers stop? teams that run the football mm -hmm. and and obviously Mike Vrabel who uh, was with Matt LaFleur I mean he's going to understand not only 
what to do as far as against this Packers defense, but how to run the football effectively. Uh, so I do think Tennessee is good, despite the fact that they've lost a couple. And then the Bears, look, I, I'm a, one of the biggest Bears doubters mm -hmm. all season, and yet they still kind of keep finding ways to win games. So you could see where maybe they split with the Bears. That's a possibility. The, the Bears, Bears defense, defense is really good. Offensively, I get it. they're a dumpster fire. Their offense is bad. But I even look at how they played against Tampa. I mean, right there, you know, they're, they're nip and tuck the whole time against good teams, and it's because their defense is legit. So you could see maybe the Packers slip up one there and then lose to Tennessee or Indianapolis. So I'm going to say six and two seems like it's kind of the right number. Now, I get, yes, they could go seven and one. I would say at absolute worst, you're looking at five and three on that schedule, which obviously takes you in at 11 wins. So uh, no matter how you slice this, I think it's pretty crystal clear. This is a playoff team based on what they did in the first half of the season. I don't see any way they fall out of the playoffs. Now it's just a matter of winning the division, step one. And they would have to go 7-1 and one or something like that, though, to be in play for that top seed in the NFC. Well, and that also leads right into our poll question for the day. We let's ask the viewers, ask some fans. You can vote on our Facebook page. And basically the same question I asked you guys, how do you think the Packers finish in the second half of the year? Now, look at that that first one, six to nine wins, 19%, uh, almost 20% of people say the Packers don't win another game or they stay, they only win two or three more. Now, did you, you could, send this poll to your friends in Minnesota? No, no, I absolutely did Is not. Is that what this was? Absolutely. <laughs> and 10 to 12 wins total. That's kind of the popular number. And Lance, mm -hmm. that's kind of, and Carly, that's kind of where you guys uh, landed as well. And 13 to 14 wins, just 7%. We have a few comments here. Uh, Steven says they're not going far with that defense. I could agree with that, Steven. Mm -hmm. Bill says scrimmages don't count. And he hashtags skull, so uh, I don't uh, know, they, Bill. See, there you go. You <laughs> sent it to Minnesota. Told no, you. I did not. I've got a few more here. Carter says probably 13 wins again. The schedule is pretty weak, and he's expecting an early exit in the postseason. A few more people just saying no. Uh, and then the, Scott says no. They beat a football team that was a bad, injured football team. So we'll have, it looks like uh, some Packer fans uh, confident moving forward, but not a not taking a whole lot from that win mm -hmm. over the 49ers Thursday night. It's funny. It's it's the the sting of losing to that Vikings team that just seems to be lingering. Everyone understood that yesterday was a gimme win. Like we all get we saw who was out there. Uh, I mean like the first couple passes that were caught for the 49ers, I'm like who is that? I have no idea who they have out there. I get why that's not impressive. It's just as Alec ran through the schedule there, you just have to look like I get they're not their defense is not good against the run. There may not, I get, people are saying they're not a Super Bowl contender is what they're essentially saying. Well, even if you're not a Super Bowl contender, you still could beat Jacksonville. You still can, uh, you know, split with the Bears at least. You know, we, we look, go down the list. There's almost no way that even if you are a, a good but not great team, which is what people are saying, that you don't win at least five of those, which is why I think that they're more likely to be where, uh, I forget what your number was, like 12 to plus wins. Yeah, it was, to it was be, 10 to 12. Then to be at nine wins. Right. So, like, to me, nine wins seems like a 5% shot, and that 5% shot is Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. And, and or that's test the only way. COVID. That's the only way I see them only getting to nine wins. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't see that as a possibility. I, I, I do see it as a possibility to get 13 wins or so. That's a possibility, mm -hmm. but again, not as likely as your 10 to 12. And these 10 off days, I feel like, are so important because, like we talked about, they could get Alan Lazard back. They'll, they'll have Aaron Jones healthy. The defense is pretty healthy right now. So, I mean, there's some optimism for the Packers. Injuries is everything in the NFL, as we've seen.
Absolutely. 10 days away, Jacksonville home, noon at Lambeau Field. Maybe, and maybe, just maybe someday, we'll get to talk about the Badgers again. Wouldn't that yeah. be fun? Yeah, it would be fun. If you haven't been paying attention, they were canceled for a second straight week. They're going to play at Michigan. That game is scheduled to be on ABC. That's going to be a primetime game a week from Saturday at 6.30 p.m. We're waiting to see the Badgers are set to make some sort of update on this coming up, I believe, on Saturday is when they said they're going to make their next update as to how the testing's going and if they think they'll be able to come back to practice, which would be step one. You're getting to a point now where you've been not practicing for a couple of weeks. They're going to want to get to practice early next week, I think, if they're going to want to try and play a game. I, don't, I think we're beyond where they were, say, a week ago or mm -hmm. even this week where it was like, hey, if we have a day, we're good. Now you're going to want at least two, three, four days of practice. So. Well, and as the Big Ten, the other teams aren't, only the teams that are losing games are the teams that are scheduled to play Wisconsin. So as we've already talked about throughout the weeks, just if they want to get a shot at that Big Ten title game, they need six, what, six games? Mm -hmm. and six is the magic number, yeah. unless there's a bunch of cancellations where everyone is in the same situation right. as the Badgers, but that is not happening right now. Right. So if they have one more cancellation, and it's important to note, it could be another team later in the season has an issue and has to cancel. Say, yeah. you know, one of their opponents in week six or seven has an outbreak of some sort day before the game. Well, then the Badgers are still out because mm -hmm. they still wouldn't have a chance to play that sixth game. So, yeah, they can't afford another cancellation mm -hmm. or their hopes for this season are pretty much dashed already. In Graham we trust, all right? In Graham Mertz we trust. Oh, yes. Well, that'll do it for this edition of Sports Extra. We're going to get ready to go out for an end zone tonight, by the way. If you tune in at 10 o'clock mm -hmm. here on Friday, we'll have high school football. Final week of the regular season. We'll be bouncing around the viewing area for that playoff start next week in football. So we'll have a lot on that coming up tonight at 10. But for now, we're going to sign off and say have a great weekend, everybody. We'll catch have you a good next night. time here on Sports Extra.